You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. New life. New life is what our journey is all about. New life is what our faith journey is all about. New life, new possibilities, new perspectives, new relationship, new hope, new practices, new freedoms, new attitudes, new systems, new worlds, a new creation. It, new life, the possibility of being in this world in a different way and the hope of encouraging change in our communities is what I would argue lures us all into this sacred place. It is why we pursue relationship with an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present source of love that is seen but not seen. And this makes perfect sense. We want things to be different, better. We all want the chance to begin again, to become the version of ourself that has always begged to be, to rid ourselves of the old, the tired, the no longer so useful ways of navigating this life. New life is what our Lenten journey is all about. You may know that Lent comes from the word which means spring. Year after year, this 40-day liturgical season literally takes us through the final dreary days of winter, days where warmth and color and spring break, shout out to all the teachers, and the opportunity to do something Anything after work when it's not dark seems incredibly far away. This season guides us into spring, the season where we begin to see that the new life that we crave was actually right here all along. It was just buried and had to struggle a bit to reach the light. That is, having made some space for intentional practices during Lent, we move forward. And as we move forward approaching Easter, we see again that new life, the renewed spiritual life that we crave. New life is what we all on some level need. We crave the new and rightfully so. We yearn for that which is fresh and full of life. We are dismayed and distressed by our current situations. We know well the brokenness of the world, the hungers of the world. We know intimately the fragility of humanity. We know our own brokenness. And this week, as I sat with the 17th verse in the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, I was reminded that it is right here, 
right at the end of our craving, right at the intersection of past, present, and future, that God and God's grace meets us yet again. Before we even know that we have an itch for a new thing, a new life, something different than the usual, better than the old, that which will free us and allow us to live in a more wholehearted way, God says, it's already done. That is, not only is God doing a new thing, God has already done a new thing. It's up to us individually and collectively to expand our capacity for it. So if anyone, anyone is in Christ, meaning that there is a level of trust in the teachings of Christ, meaning that there is a level of trust in the power of love, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. This transformative shift from old to new is so accessible, so evocative, so swift. Note that Paul does not say that for some people there is a new creation that only a select few get a shot at experience and renewal, or that everything old was meant to last always. It says that everyone gets fresh starts. Primacy should not be placed on the past, and that newness, newness and new life has already taken shape in and through and around us. No assembly is required. New life has arrived. It's already done, enfolded in the old, waiting for us to acknowledge it, to see it, and to embrace it. The poet Isaiah puts it this way. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The trouble is, we have been trained to look at scripture solely through a lens of individualism. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new is all too readily interpreted as the old me is no more. I've been made new. We hear, see, I am doing a new thing as God's saying, God is doing a new thing in just me. The desires, interests, and flourishing of the individual are given precedence, and that that lack of a robust corporate identity gets in the way of needs other than our own being met. It leads to us seeing in our world a new creation that is underdeveloped and thin. Now, this is definitely not to say that God does not desire 
to bless God's children with the gift of transformation. God wants us to flourish. God wants us all to flourish. But it is selfish to complain, to claim, that is, that I, as an individual, get to experience transformation while the systems of advantage and structures around me, structures that I may in fact benefit from, go unchecked and unchanged. Systems and structures that impede others from experiencing the new life that is theirs. That is, the more that we commit ourselves to the survival wholeness and liberation of an entire people, the more we will be able to see the unprecedented beauty of the new creation that God has for us all. For some of us, i.e. all of us at some point in life, we find change to be uncomfortable, messy, and hard to warm up to. We resist it. Embracing the the new that God has for us, all of us, can definitely be unnerving. But I ask with Alice Walker, if the present, your present, our present, looks like the past, what then does the future look like? For those of us that have considered keeping our expectations low as a means of protecting ourselves, I share with you the poet Nahira Wahid's delicious words. Do not choose the lesser life. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Choose the life that is. Yours, ours, the life that is seducing your lungs, that is dripping down your chin. It is okay not to settle for complacency. Tradition can be a tyrant, and holding on so very tightly to that which served us well only once upon a time, holding on so very tightly to stories that were never our own to begin with, holding on so very tightly to histories that we've been forced to live with only means that there is less space for renewal. For some of us, we've done a thing we've never done before in order to have a thing we've never had before and we have yet to see it. To you I say, if you haven't seen it yet, keep looking. Do not get me wrong. I'm not trying to convince anyone that change is easy. It is not. But I am here to remind you today that change is always possible. Everything old has passed away. See? Everything has become new. Change is always, always possible for us both as individuals and as a collective. We just have to fight to see it. Seeing it is the hard work.
how do we see, perceive the new things that God has already done because of God's unmerited grace? We've got to let go of what no longer serves us because holding on is believing that there is only a path. We've got to make room. We've got to avoid the lull of complacency. And we've got to be on the lookout for signs of new life. How do we expand our capacity for the new thing that God has already done? We've got to be open to seeing new things. That is, we've got to see it before we see it. That is, we've got to be open to seeing what is not yet seen. We've got to imagine. We've got to know what it is we really want. We've got to put ourselves in positions where it is easier to taste, to feel that which has desired to come forth for so long. We've got to believe that our next chapter will be better than this chapter. New life is what our journey is all about. New life is what this faith journey is all about. New life, new possibilities, new perspectives, new relationship, new hope, new practices, new freedoms, new attitudes, new systems, new worlds, a new creation. And God says, it's already done. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.